Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. I want to say a big welcome to our online campus today. So glad that you're watching, connecting, and we hope that you're going to do more than be a spectator. We hope that you'll actually participate and uh, have church at home right there with us. If, we, if I say something good, you ought to say amen at home as like you would in this room. If I say amen, if I say something good, what do you say? Amen. amen. You need to respond with that means so be it. Let it be done as he said. Let it be done. We're in agreement with that. Anyway, we're bringing a brand new theme today. We have a brand new theme for you for the final few weeks of 2021. How many are ready for 2022? Yeah, 2021 has been challenging for some. That's okay. Actually, it's been challenging for all. Who are we kidding? But God is good. Today's theme, we begin the checkered flag. The checkered flag. No better time than to prepare for the Daytona 500 in December. <laughs> Philippians 1 is where we're going to start. Going to weave in a couple of places there with the Passion Translation as well. This is the Amplified Philippians 1, 6 says, and I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Everybody say, God is a finisher. God will finish everything he starts, right? Everything he's doing in you, it will be completed. If you, if, you're, if you don't have victory yet, it's because he's not done. Because our God is a victorious God. One of his covenant names is Jehovah Nisi, our victory flag, our victory banner, the flag of victory. Our God is the flag of victory. If you don't have victory yet, keep raising the flag. Because it simply means God's still working because he's not going to finish without complete victory. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Philippians 3.13 from the Passion Translation says this, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past. I like this. As I fasten my heart to the future. Say it again. I forget all the past. I let it go. As I fasten, adhere, hold to, I fasten my heart to the future. Instead, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. Finally, 2 Timothy 4, 7, toward the end of Paul's life, this is the passion as well. Paul said, I have fought an excellent fight. I have finished my full course with all my might and I've kept my heart full of faith. Let's pray together one more time for revelation. Father, would you come and move in us according to Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1. Would you open the eyes of our heart and grant us the spirit of wisdom and understanding, opening the eyes that we can see what you're up to, that we can sense what you're doing, that we can have ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to take it in 
and to obey what you tell us to do. Father, move in us and help us to finish this season in strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I heard this story many years ago and happened to bump into it online. It was one of those things I, I thought, if I could ever find that story again, I'd share it. And, and, and somehow it popped up. You know how those coincidences are with God, right? I just kind of, I didn't even pray it. I just kind of thought it. And the next day I bumped into the story. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it here. In 1945, three young men in their mid-20s, passionate for God, gifted preachers all, set out to change the world by proclaiming the gospel message of Jesus Christ. 1945, they're in their mid-20s. Their names, Chuck Templeton, Braun Clifford, and Billy Graham. The three were constantly compared with many Christian leaders giving rave reviews to the oratory skills of both Templeton and Clifford, not Graham. They were compared in their callings and ministry careers to rockets taking off in America. And they all started with an explosive bang, but the sad truth is that only one of the young men stayed true to the word of God and the cause of Christ. And of course, we all know his name, Billy Graham. If you're maybe new to the things of God, you don't know much about Billy Graham, I invite you to Look him up, check him out. He was with us just a couple of years ago and a great hero of our faith. So obviously we know Billy Graham, but does anyone know Chuck Templeton or Bron Clifford? The two more gifted ones. Listen, Templeton's ministry was compared to Babe Ruth in baseball. He was the Babe Ruth of Christianity. But within five years... He'd been lured away, so gifted, but lured away by the promise of fame and fortune if he would use his voice to go into radio and the brand new medium of television. He was so charismatic, so dynamic, so gifted. Just come over and you can be on radio and television. Within that five-year span, he had left and even publicly openly doubted the validity of the claims of Jesus Christ that he once proclaimed. Within five years, by 1950, this Babe Ruth wasn't even in the game. What about Clifford? Clifford had been compared in his preaching and many had said, many great theologians had said, this is the best preacher we've had in a couple hundred years. That's how strong his gift was. By 1954, Clifford obviously became a big red dog. But even though it's, you know, it's a different Clifford. Anyway, sorry, that's the grandparent side talking. <clears throat> Just seeing if you're awake. By 1954, Clifford had lost his family, his ministry, his health, and then his life. Great preacher, but alcohol addiction and financial irresponsibility had done him in. At just 35 years of age, this once great preacher died from cirrhosis of the liver in a rundown motel on the edge of Amarillo, Texas. My family, in every season, it's not how you start, 
but it's how you finish. No one remembers who started on the pole position at the Daytona 500 20 years ago. But a lot of people remember who won. And everything God does, he works in times and seasons. Ecclesiastes 3 says everything works that way in times and in seasons. But Ecclesiastes 9.11 says this, I return and saw unto the sun that the race is not always to the swift nor the battle to the strong nor bread to the wise nor riches to men of understanding nor favor to men of skill but time and chance, time and opportunity happen to them all. My friends, Time and opportunity happens to everyone to grow, to move forward, to elevate, to reach your full potential, to reach your full calling. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to, be, you don't have, to have great wealth or great talents, great abilities that everyone sees, but everybody in Christ was created with gifts, talents, and abilities that will get you to a certain place. Time and opportunity happens to everybody, yet only a few finish the race strong, loyal, faithful to the Lord and his design purpose. Like I said it a few weeks ago, but it just comes up in my heart again. When we <clears throat> began this church in 1990, the, there were some real famous pastors and real famous big churches that we wanted to emulate, that we saw, oh, that's great. You know, this one guy had a revelation of prayer. I won't say his name. If I did, a lot of you wouldn't even know who I'm talking about. Yet he was one of the biggest preachers having arenas and auditoriums and stadiums filled with people coming to pray. Could you not tarry one hour was his revelation. And he was having people come and fill stadiums. There was a, a, a warlock, a witch that got saved in his ministry in San Francisco. It was a huge deal. This guy was the biggest guy. When we started in 1990, he was, he was the big, one of the biggest guys in the Christian faith in America. Some of you know who I'm talking about, others of you would have no idea. But by 1992, we started 1990, by 1992, that guy wasn't even on the radar. First he left his church because he was too big for the local church. There's a hint right there, <clears throat> how to finish up strong. Stay true to your calling. Stay true to your base. Stay true to your people. Stay true to your vision. Anyway, the guy ended up divorced, alone. Last I heard, uh, one of his sons is serving the Lord in California and has a church and is back full on for God. But that guy, I don't know anything about him. It's a byword. My friends, what are you doing with the opportunities God is opening up for you? When I say opportunities, I'm not talking about opportunities for ta-da. I'm talking about the opportunities for growth, for personal development, for devotion, for sowing, for faithfulness for service. What are you doing with what God gives you to do? Look, a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> pardon me, I talked about the launch pad. You know, launch out. So glad we have families that listen. I saw that the 
Seaver's family did something crazy the other day, and they launched all the way to New York City. They went to New York City for a vacation. What, was it one day? Did you not stay overnight? That's what I thought I read. I wanted to verify that. They had a moment. Simon was turning 15, which is kind of crazy because I remember when he was born like it was yesterday. And they hopped on a plane, went to New York City, had a big day, but didn't have to pay for a hotel. That's pretty cool because <laughs> that's the most expensive part of New York. And I thought, good on you. Good for you. Making a family memory. Those, the, the, Simon will never forget that 15th birthday. What are you doing with the moments that you have? The opportunities to make a memory, to build life, to impact for Christ. The rest of this month, we're gonna talk about finishing up strong. Finishing the year, 2021, with a boom, not a thud, with a win and not a whimper. And finishing up any project, any assignment or even a healing process or overcoming any problem or momentary heartache, faithful to the very end. This has been a wild year for me because we've been, my wife and I have been doing the one-year Bible. We did it a few times back in the 80s and 90s. This year it's online and we're doing this one with uh, Nikki Gumbel, the pastor from England, from London, and man, it's been so good, but boy, there's so many days you just, I mean, you read the whole Bible in one year, you're reading some scripture. You are, have, you are spending some time in there. And so I just made it the first part of my day. At the beginning of the year, I had a whole bunch, I, I thought, well, I can do this and a couple other devotions too. I noticed a couple other devotions have kind of, they're still on day three from January. But we've been locked in on that one-year Bible. I tell you, I've had more growth this year from doing that one, just, just, just really leaning into God for that one exercise, that one spiritual discipline. And I feel like a new man again. I feel like born again again. I feel, I've learned so much, I've grown, and I'm so thankful. Remember, these are the moments of history that you're living in. One day, COVID season, you might look back at it as the good old days. You think, oh, that's impossible. <clears throat> Be careful. I'm just telling you, some of the toughest moments my wife and I have ever lived through, we actually look back now affectionately not trying to get back there, but just to say, look how faithful God was. There's some moments when you just survive, <clears throat> pardon me, and that's all you needed to do. The thriving comes after surviving. But these moments of history become the testimonies of the faithfulness of God for future generations. Those of us that lived through 9-11, Global recession, global pandemic are ready for global revival. Yeah. 
The Bible says when your children and grandchildren ask you one day why you still trust in Jesus, be ready to give an answer. Your story of the reality of God's love, his grace, and his power. If you've been with us throughout 2021, maybe you're newer, but if you've been with us throughout the whole year, you may remember that during our January, we, did, we started with 10 days of prayer and we ended up doing 21 days of prayer. And during that time, we asked everybody to ask God for a simple thought or a simple word, just one kind of focus for the year, just one thing, just one thought, just one word. What was your focus supposed to be? Look back at your notes sometime this week. How did you do? Not talking about clever resolutions or man-made goals. We've had a number of positive testimonies throughout the year of people that said, you know, our word for this year was this, and now we're doing this. And God has fulfilled it. Or he's in the process of fulfilling it. We've got eight days of prayer coming up in January in just a few weeks, and I ask you to prepare your heart for that. But here's the question. Are you at least still taking steps of progress? Because 2021 isn't over. It's not over till the fat lady sings, right? It's not over till the opera's over. It's not over till it's done. You and I have opportunity, <clears throat> pardon me, these next few weeks to still finish up with that word to get back. Maybe you fell off the track, but you can, you can get back on that track. You can get back on that track with one prayer, one repentance, one God, I lost sight of that. I had it for a few weeks or a few months, but I got off track. The, the year is still here. This is an opportunity to finish a season. The challenge is to become what I call HC. High capacity, high character people. High capacity, high character people. High capacity, high character people are people whose walk is consistent with their talk. You wanna, you wanna finish up strong? Let me tell you something. Your gifts and talents and abilities can get you at a certain place, but only character can keep you there. Only really being sold out to God, only really living it behind the scenes when nobody's clapping, when nobody's watching, when nobody's begging you to, or, or pleading with you to do it. That's how you grow. That you discipline, that you bring yourself into relationship with God. Strong character can keep you where your talents can get you. But that's why we have so many people falter. That's why we have so many rich and famous people that are here one day and gone the next because their talent got them in the door, got them to a place of where they were famous or they were <clears throat> influential or whatever else. They were known for a minute, but if you don't have character, if you don't know who you are in Christ and find your identity and settle on that identity, this is who Jesus is, this is who he says I am, and this is why I'm here. If you can keep those things straight, you can, you can become a high-capacity, high-character person. Years ago, we talked about the ideal Christian being, or the ideal church member especially, being high-impact, low-maintenance. It's interesting, over the years, because I can look back at that now. I preached that many years ago. 
but I can tell you this. We're trying to get people to, to, be, to stop being high maintenance and low impact. But here's the truth. The high capacity, high character people heard it one way and they thought it meant they should never go through a hard time or need help. And that's not true. We all need each other at certain times, right? But the high maintenance, low impact people never got it because they thought we were talking to somebody else. My friends, we need to be those who are preparing to help others, those who are serving, even when we're going through something ourselves. Don't wait for your life to be perfect to plug in because you're gonna wait a long time, like forever. Nobody's arrived. We're all in the process, say amen. amen. I think I heard you at home say amen too. Life is about entrances and exits. Beginning a season, finishing a season. The problem is this, finishing, beginning your next season, is complete with the ending of this season. So let me say it this way, I'm trying to say it better. The way you leave one season is the way you begin another. The other day I was <clears throat> walking through the house, I was in the middle of 10 things. You ever been there, you were doing 10 things? I was in the middle of 10 things. And we, when we walk out of our kitchen, if I go to the left, I go to the garage. If I go straight, I go into the dining room. If I go to the right, I go to my study. And I realized that as I walked around that corner, I wasn't walking out and then deciding. When I walked out of, that, out of the kitchen, I already knew where I was going. So when I walked out, I was already walking to the right because I wanted to go to my study. The point is this, in aeronautics, you have this, a plane has an attitude, an airplane has an attitude. It's the way that it's positioned for the way it's gonna go. You can see people on the highway and sometimes <clears throat> in Florida, you can see people are gonna turn left a mile or two before they turn left because the attitude of the car starts to veer and they're like, I'm gonna turn left here. And it should be the only reason why you're in the left lane and going slow. Hint, hint. <clears throat> the reality is, and we have a highway patrol state trooper over here. All day long, she said. That's all day long. <laughs> I'm just telling you that your car has an attitude, an airplane has an attitude, your body language has an attitude. And the way you leave a moment or a season, <clears throat> an event or, or any time of your life, the same attitude where you leave is the very same attitude you walk into the next room with. What am I saying? I'm saying if you leave some place, if you leave a season or a moment or a person with anger and offense in your heart, 
you walk into the next season of life with exactly the same attitude. You don't suddenly get better because you change rooms or change seasons or change geography. And so you have to deal with that stuff. We all do, we all do. We all do. So even if you put on a fake smile, if you don't deal with what you gotta deal with, we, we used to call it keeping short accounts with God. In other words, let the Lord Jesus heal you and set you free today. I used to say, if you, I'm a really easygoing pastor. I, I, I don't have a lot of anger except in traffic. I don't, I don't want anybody to judge me in traffic. For some reason, that's, especially if it's real crowded, that's where I have trouble. I am, my sanctification is in process. I'm still saved, but I'm being sanctified, okay? But I'm usually a pretty happy guy. Not a lot makes me angry. But I used to say this, if you wanna see me get upset at church, then come and tell me how your old church used to do it. Because I can deal with a lot. But if your old church was so great, please return there. They miss you. We love you. We honor you. But we don't care how your old church did it. And that, and that used to bug me when we were one year old as a church, two years old. We're 31 years old as a church. People are now going to other churches telling people how we used to do it. Quit hanging on to the past, to all the old stuff, to all the old ways. Religious tradition is a killer. Jesus said, you want to make the word of God of no effect? You want to take the power out of the word? Then trust in your traditions, the traditions of men. <clears throat> they make the word of God powerless, powerless. Who hurt you in your last season? Who are you blaming for your lack of progress in this season? Forgiveness is a choice. It's a decision, not just an emotion. Keep short accounts with God means don't let stuff build up. Release it, get in God's presence and say, God, Search my heart, as the psalmist said. See if there be any wicked way in me. Look at my life. Turn the searchlight on my heart and help me to repent. Help me to, to, to renounce it. To repent, to ask forgiveness, and then to forsake that. Help me to change. Change me, God. Help me to change in the areas where you want me to change. Your forgiveness, and I want to say this to you, maybe you're newer to things of God, listen clearly. Your forgiveness does not condone what somebody else did to you. Yeah. 
It does not excuse it. It wipes it away off of your heart. Remember T.D. Jake said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting the person who wronged you to die. But it hurts you. You're the one who gets hurt. And you actually give that person power because they hurt you again. Release. Forgive. You don't have to be everybody's best friend. Love your enemies. Jesus never said you had to like them. Love them. Love is a decision. Agape, the agape love of God. Love them. Love them. Bless them. Bless those who curse you. Boy, that's one of the most challenging parts of the whole scripture to me. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Not a big amen word today, okay. <clears throat> Hebrews 10 from the Passion says this, so don't lose your bold, courageous faith for you are destined for a great reward. You need the strength of, here's the word, endurance. You wanna finish strong? You need endurance. You need to build your endurance to reveal. I love this the way the Passion, let me say it again, verse 36. You need the strength of endurance to reveal the poetry of God's will. Isn't that a great phrase? To reveal the poetry of God's will and then you receive the promise in full. Everybody say endurance. endurance. See, the Bible talks about endurance, um, perseverance, persistence, diligence. Those are all Character traits we have to work on to finish things well. In order to have longevity, you have to build up your endurance because life is difficult sometimes. Life is hard. <clears throat> Listen, that sometimes one tough season will actually give you a capacity, a higher capacity to make it through another tough season. There are certain things that I've learned about economics the last few years. And honestly, the global economic meltdown was one of the most horrendous things we've ever been through as a church. People losing jobs left and right. But you know what? The things that our community here learn from those have changed our community. So we've made it better through COVID. We made it through better because the economics wasn't all based on two little jobs or two little you know, types of employment, but, but more companies coming in. That was, from, that was because our leaders learned a lesson, many of them here locally, from the garbage of 2008, 9, and 10. Life is tough. Life is challenging sometimes. I love this quote from Will Roberts. He used to say this, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot in it and hang on. You say, Pastor, how do I finish up strong? Sometimes finishing strong is just by hanging there. Hanging on, hanging out, hanging in. What's our takeaway? There are challenging transitional moments in every life. And that's what I'm talking about, transition. These are the times when you decide, do I move forward or backward? Am I willing to grow even if it means change? And if I grow and change, if I do that, or will I choose to become bitter? static and just die. 
Will I enjoy life in God or endure life in limitation? Will I choose faith or choose fear as more than a yard sign? Each decision has consequences and there is a cost factor. On the final lap of the Daytona 500, they wave a white flag to mark the final lap is here. And then the checkered flag comes out. It's interesting to me that the white flag also speaks of surrender. And I would like to call this church into not surrendering to circumstances, but surrendering to God. Because the checkered flag is about to come out on 2021. We're in the final lap. Less than two weeks from Christmas. Next Sunday night is our Christmas presentation. Crazy. Today's the 12th of December. Next Sunday will be the 19th already. Isn't that crazy? Just kind of snuck up on us. But here's the question. Are you willing to trust God? Are you willing to give him your whole life? Every compartment, every hidden place, every inch, even the way you do in traffic. Convicted by my own preacher, I have to be the first one at the altar today. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Your word is unchangeable, Father God. We love you so much. Jesus, you're so good to us. And you help us in every season. Lord, would you, Holy Spirit, would you come and move in this place and through this place to touch and to reach every person here in the sound of my voice online. We can only speak your word and stand on it, but Lord, we need your help with endurance. We need your help to overcome. We need your wisdom as we navigate these next few weeks and prepare for a new year, a new season. We're not naive enough to believe that just because we change a date on a calendar that everything changes automatically. Lord, we look to you. We look to you. God, you're a finisher. You're our finisher. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed just for a moment, even at home, I want you to take a moment. What are you doing with the opportunities and the times? Are you spending your time getting jealous of other people who seem to be faster than you or growing more than you do or accomplishing more? They have more stuff than you do. That's not the measure. That's not the measure of your life. You know the old bumper sticker, he that dies with the most toys wins. That's a lie. It's not God. That's not God's best. That's a lie. Are you willing to trust God to meet you where you are in this moment, in this season, and ask him to help you to finish up strong? Maybe you're working a job that you hate. 
There's a reason you're there. I ask you as your pastor to ask the Lord why you're there and to finish your mission so you can leave in promotion and find the next door to open with grace and power and favor. If you've had a bad attitude where you are, I ask you to repent. Not just in your job, maybe it's in relationships, whatever it is, wherever you're struggling right now. The getting on place, the first place in this whole thing is Jesus. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior of your life? Or do you just know about him and the traditions of religion? I invite you right now to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. And I invite you to, to respond in the sense of, Pastor, I need help. I'm in a season and I don't feel I'm finishing well and I need prayer. We're gonna gather around you. We're gonna pray for you right now as a body, right where you are in your home, though I can't see your hands. You can respond, do something online on Facebook, live or whatever you're doing. Let it, put, do a hand wave, do a hand raise there. And those of you in the room, if you need prayer, if you wanna know Jesus or you wanna give him your life or you wanna give him stronger, you wanna rededicate yourself to him, you wanna find that grace to finish up this season strong, whatever it means to you, Lift your hand up right now and keep it up. Lift your hand up and keep it up. Up and keep it up. Hands are going up all over the place. I wanna pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we surround every person that's going through a challenging moment, whether in school, whether at work, whether in relationships, whether financially, whatever it is. Holy Spirit, would you meet every one of these people whose hands are raised, everyone whose hearts are open, and would you meet them there and give them a new power your anointing, a freshness of your presence to gather around them and to fill them with your spirit. In Jesus' name, we speak life over you. We speak help to you. We speak endurance over you. In every area, finish. Finish strong. Finish well. Finish with joy. And finish with God's help. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you got something, put your hands together. Let's praise the Lord today for that. Lord, we praise you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.